You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Cobble Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job back at the headquarters, Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. And now joining us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit, the coach, Jack Thapin. What up, bud? How you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We got some sunshine today. Look at that. Ah, man. Breaking news, right? I know it. Isn't that the truth? Uh, who knows how long it'll last, but anyway... Uh, Let's start. I want to go big, big picture with you. And, of course, you love yourself some hoops, high school and college ranks. With the news with the uh, FBI and, of course, the feds investigating uh, numerous programs and the wiretaps and the news coming down on Friday, Sean Miller, of course, uh, allegedly uh, offered, uh, you know, wiretaps $100,000 to a player. Jack, what do you make of it as just a fan of college hoops with this all taking place? Well, I certainly hate it, uh, but, you know, to be, in reality, that's been going on for a long time, and, uh, you know, it's about time we got got it to the forefront, I think. Uh, you know, even back when I was coaching college in the 80s, you had stuff like that going on, and maybe not to that extent, maybe that to, to that much as far as the, the dollars and so forth that you're talking about, but as far as coaches cheating, teams cheating, giving players stuff, that kind of, that kind of thing, and... Uh, you know, it's not right. Uh, it, it shouldn't happen. Uh, it's just like we go back to recruiting in high school. You know, you should open the doors and who comes in, that's your team. You know, you ought not be out recruiting and stealing players from one team to the other. And, you know, that kind of stuff goes on in high school, and it, and it and it, obviously it goes on in college. And I certainly hate that it came to the forefront, but I think in a way it's about time, and I hope that it gets cleared up and where we can get away from that. But there's so much money in college to be made now. These coaches' salaries are so much. There's so much publicity. Uh, you know, you guys, it just leads to that cheating. When you start paying coaches millions of dollars, you know, a, a coach can cheat, get a good player in, get a salary for a million dollars for a few years. If he gets caught, well, look what he's got. He's got all this money. So, you know, I, it, it's just gotten out of hand in a lot of areas and, you know, I, I hate that it happened. I, I hate that all the publicity is bad about college basketball, but I hope that something good can come out of it, and maybe we can get this thing cleaned up. Well, that leads to the age-old question whether or not college athletes should be paid. Uh, which way do you weigh in on that, Coach? Well, no, I don't think they should. Now, obviously, uh, some of these athletes come in there, and they come from pretty poor backgrounds, and they don't have a lot of money, and they don't have money to, to do certain things. And, you know, even back when I was in college – the college players were given a little stipend uh, to help them with laundry money, to help them with different things. It was very little. I really can't even remember how much it was. It wasn't very much. And and I wouldn't be opposed to to a little bit like that. But, you know, they're getting a college education free. They're getting to travel all over the the world, in some cases all over the country, experiencing that sort of thing. You know, that's worth a lot of money. And then I heard the other day on, on television they were talking about this and they were mentioning that if a kid does stay in college for four years and gets a degree and he got that for free, how many millions of dollars that degree is worth over a lifetime in salaries. You know, you forget about that that factor uh, that comes into play. So, you know, I know I'm dead against against uh, paying college players. I, I think they get a lot more than what a lot of people think they do. Mm. All right, let's talk a little bit about the games on the court. A tough road trip for Louisiana Tech. They lose two this weekend. Is uh, the injury starting to catch up with them just in terms of this team moving forward? You know, I think you're right. This has just been one of those years. You know, sometimes you have a year where everything works out. Nobody gets injured. Everybody plays good, gets along. But this year has just been one of those opposite years for Louisiana Tech. When you think about it, if if you look at what they started the year out, the way they played the first few games, you had Jalen Harris was their leading scorer. You had Bracey, who was the third leading scorer. Had three guys in, averaging in double figures with Harris number one, Bracey number three. Both those guys in double figures, and Jacoby Boykins was second. You got Harris that quit the team. He left. There goes your number one scorer in the in the team on the team. Bracey, your point guard, all conference player, coming back. He's been injured. He hasn't played hardly at all. Uh, he didn't play much at all on the road trip. He's 
he's your third threatening scorer. Then you got Janiah White, who's your starting center. He's your rebounder, your defensive player. He leaves the team in block shots. He goes out with an injury. He's not playing. So you got three of your four, three of your five starters that you would typically have as starting if the team was intact, not playing. And you got your first and third leading scorer and probably your best defensive player as far as inside presence and defense gone. And you know it's just hard to overcome that. And and you're playing with a lot of freshmen. You're playing with guys who are going to be outstanding players: Archibald, Derucci, Xavier Christian. Those guys are going to be outstanding players, but they're not there yet. And it's just taken them a while. And this has just been one of those years for Louisiana Tech where they've just have struggled in a lot of areas, and because of a lot of different factors. And losing these guys is one of the main things. Yeah, they've now lost uh, what four of their last uh, five, uh, a three-game losing streak. Middle Tennessee, UTEP, UTSA. Perhaps the good news is only one game this week as they'll close out the regular season versus Southern Miss. Coach, I guess you look at this as you want to end the regular season on a, on a positive note heading into that postseason tournament. Oh yeah, no question. You you need to get down to Southern Miss and win the ball game, and you know I. Uh, it would be good if Tech could get on a little roll here, if they could go to Southern Miss and win and gain some confidence in themselves and go in the tournament. And they've got a shot at winning a couple of games in the tournament. I'm not counting them completely out, but it would be it would be to their advantage to beat Southern Miss and go in at least feeling good. If you lose to Southern Miss, now you go in on a you know off three out of your last four ball games, and and that's that's not good. And uh, so, you know, hopefully they can go down to Southern Miss uh, Saturday. It's a Saturday afternoon game. I think it's a 4 o'clock game and uh, and win that basketball game. It should would be good. And, of course, uh, ULM had uh, their winning streak snapped on the road this past weekend versus Troy. But the good news for them is they return home with two games this week. Hopefully they can get back on track. Figure well, news, I hope Jack. so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, high school hoops, the fact that uh, we are now in the uh, second round of the postseason. I don't know if you had a chance to make it out to a gym or not on Friday, but uh, the caliber of competition will certainly pick up here in the second round. From a guy who won a state championship in the high school ranks, uh, talk to me and us a little bit about the difficulties of going on the road or, or perhaps advancing on into the, the state bracket. Well, it's awful difficult. There's no question about it, and every, every round gets more and more difficult. You know, one thing that I really wish that they would do and uh, is to play these games in neutral sites. Uh, I, I really don't like the fact that you have to go into a home gym of another team. And some of these gyms are pretty nice and, and they're all right, but there's a lot of these little crackerback gyms in these places that are awful tough, and that makes it even doubly tough to, to win games against a good team. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's where you play it and not how good you are that determines – who wins the ball game, and I don't think that's right. Uh, and, and I've been kind of on a crusade for that for a long time, and I had to have, you know, not making much headway with it. But I really <laughs> wish they would play these games in neutral sites. Uh, you know, you got Washita and West Monroe playing tomorrow night. You got Carroll playing at home. It'd be nice if those two could play a doubleheader out of ULM. You know, let mm-hmm. the crowd get in there. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be on some neutral sites, uh, and you know, things like that. Play on a weekend. But anyway, besides that. Uh, get on my soapbox. Get off my soapbox on that. But it, yeah, it's awful tough to win. There's no question about it. There's a lot of good teams, and it's it's tough. And it's it, it was even tougher back back so to speak in the days number of years ago when you didn't have so many different classifications and you, you had a lot more teams to play against. Which uh, I'll talk about in a few minutes if you give me the opportunity. Coach, let me just play the other side of that. Wouldn't it kill your your audience or your crowd and your gate if you played at neutral sites? And then second, no, of all, I, I that... beg to differ. I think it would be a lot better. I think oh. there's people that uh, would maybe shy away from going to a small gym because they think, well, that's too crowded. I can't get in. Uh, but parking's bad. But if I can play in a you know ULM, man, I, I know I got a lot of room. I know I can park. I can get there. We've played games in high school when I was coaching where you had to turn away fans. Uh, they couldn't even get in the gym. Uh, and then other people didn't even try to go because they knew they were not going to get in. So, you know, I, I think it's—I think it would increase the crowd. And what about the coverage uh, like for you in TV? Would it be a lot easier for you to go to one place and cover, you know, three or two or three games, four games, whatever, in one location and have to run all over the country trying to cover games, the newspaper, media, that sort of thing? You know, they go to one gym, they sit there, they don't get to the other gyms. They could go to one location, cover three or four games, I think it would help in the publicity part of it. I think it would help the crowds. I really do. I think you'd have bigger crowds, 
and and you split the you're splitting the gate, and you have to take some of the money, obviously, to, to rent the facility. But I I, I I really believe that it'd be advantageous in a lot of different areas. The only thing that probably people would argue against, and you're not rewarding a team if they have an amazing regular season, and of course you want to reward them with a home playoff game. Well, I, I have no problem with the first round playoff being at home. Uh, I don't have a bit of problem with that. But once you get into the second, third round, uh, into the quarterfinals, you know they're they're good teams, and, and there's a lot of teams that play each other that have equally good records when you get to that point, and, and are equally good. And then it's kind of the luck of the draw is who gets the home game, and and I think that's kind of what's what my problem. I don't have a problem with having a home game the first round, but after that, I I I really believe it ought to be on neutral sites. Yeah. And then we would just be talking about the regionals and quarterfinals, and then the semifinals. You're going down to uh, Lake Charles anyway. All right, right uh, Jack, uh, you got a blast from the past for us for today? Well, you know, we were talking about the playoffs, and and that was one thing I was thinking about uh, when we were talking about, or when I was thinking about maybe talking about the past, and you know, now, uh, at this day and time, there's about 370 basketball playing schools in Louisiana, with 12 different divisions winning 12 different state championships, that's 297 schools in the playoffs, that's 80% of the schools that are making the playoffs, there's a lot of schools that make the playoffs that have losing records. There are several schools that have been in the playoffs I've looked at and won two, three, four games the whole season that make the playoffs. Now, prior to all of this, uh, you talk about how hard it is to win a state championship. Back a number of years ago, it was hard even to get in the playoffs, not only win a state championship. You know, prior to 1971, there was only five classifications in the state of Louisiana. 3A was the largest and then went down. And then the integration hit, which was a good thing, and, of course, the schools increased. And at that time, it was like 40% of the schools made the playoffs. Let me back up that. And you had to win either first or second in your district to make the playoffs. There was no power rankings. If you didn't finish first or second in district, you didn't make the power. You didn't make the playoffs. And, and nowadays, some of these districts, they get everybody in the district in the playoffs. From 1971 to 1991, after the integration, the Black High School Association and the Louisiana High School Association kind of merged. They came up with an extra classification. It came to 4A. There's six classifications now, which at that time, there was about 48% of the schools making the playoffs. Again, you had to be first or second in your, in your district to make the playoffs. And when you look at the records, I was looking back, I have a – Newspaper clipping from 1988 when Russell High School won the state championship. At that time, there was 4A was the highest classification, six total classifications. And I have a newspaper clipping with the schools that are still in the playoffs after the first round of the playoffs. You talk about how hard to win a state championship. Listen at these records of schools in Class 4A where Russell won the state championship. The teams left in the playoff. You had Ruston, which was twenty six and three. You had Dritter twenty six and five. McKinley twenty and six. South Dar- South Terrebonne twenty five and three. Holy Cross twenty seven and nine. Shaw thirty and nine. Green Oaks twenty four and seven. Bastrop twenty two and three. Leesville twenty five and seven. East Ascension thirty one and six. John McDonough nineteen and zero. St. Augustine twenty-three and nine, Carver twenty-one and five, and Covington twenty-nine and three, and those teams are battling for a state championship. You're talking about hard to win it. That yeah. same year in Class AAA, Faraday down here at Faraday, they won a state championship. Listen to listen to records of the teams you had to beat to win that state championship. Halton twenty-one and nine, Morgan City twenty-four and eight, Faraday was twenty-seven and three, Crowley twenty-three and nine. I see Faraday played Crowley. That year in the second round of the playoff, Faraday's twenty to seven and three, Crowley's twenty three and nine, uh, Redemptions twenty nine and six, Eight Martinville twenty nine and five, Peabody. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Peabody twenty six and six, Mansfield twenty five and six, St. Paul's twenty one and nine, Carroll twenty one and four, Washington Marion twenty five twenty seven and five, St. Thomas More twenty four and nine, Cecilia twenty nine and three, Lutcher twenty three and eight. You know, good gracious, and you and you win in that tournament to win a state championship. And actually, Pineview, which is right up here in Claiborne Parish, 
they won three teams from North Louisiana won state championships that year. They were in Class C. They and I go through a couple of these. You know we're running out of time. Pineview twenty-five and seven. Uh, Atlanta thirty-three and eight. Plainview twenty thirty-two and nine. Pecan Island twenty-seven and seven. Uh, Pleasant Hill twenty-two and twelve. Celine twenty-nine and three. Epps twenty-three and five. Fairview twenty-eight and six. St. Joseph twenty-seven and five. Word of Faith twenty-five and eight. So you got those teams. Hey, you had to beat to win a state championship back in those days, and uh, and you had to be the first or second in your district to even make the playoffs. And uh, when at that time there was six ta- six state championships crowned. Now you got twelve state championship crowned. A lot of teams nowadays only have to win two, three games, sometimes four games to win a state championship. Back then, every team had to win at least six, at least five games to win a state championship. So times have changed, and I'm not real sure if they've if they're for the better when it comes to crowning a state champion. I don't think the state championships quite mean as much as they used to. So we can tell you're a big fan of the split, Jack. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, bud, I'll see you at a game tomorrow night. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate Thank you. you, Coach Jack Thickpin. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I like where Coach's head is at about the uh, the showcase playing at a neutral site. Uh-huh. Only problem with that is you're, you're not going to see coaches willingly give up their concessions to do that. That's where they make their money is concessions because they split the gate. Um, so it's it's a cool idea in theory, but I just don't think you'll ever see it. Uh, Sean said that would be great for the bigger schools, 3A through 5A schools would benefit, but small schools that play just as hard, accomplish just as much, would not be included in that. Not every area team is the size of Neville, West Monroe, etc., and they always seem to get the scraps of whatever is left after the bigger schools get theirs. Another good point. The only other thing is and I, you want that atmosphere, that home court right. advantage. and you know, and There's comes. something about those. You go into one of those little you know gyms, and I understand you have to turn away fans at some point. I mean, Tabor knows it as well as anybody. Uh, when you're at a home game at Simsboro and what that is like, I mean, there, there's a huge yeah. difference between going to a game there and in a bigger gymnasium where it may be half or a quarter full. It's kind of like uh, when you go to a concert where it's a smaller smaller venue. place, smaller yeah. venue, it's way better yeah. because it's, it's, it's honed in. Yeah. Where when you go to this huge, you know, arena, it loses a little bit. And I think that's the, the same with, with, with basketball. Because, I mean, just think back to last year again, the Madhouse in that little place. And I know it's not that little. Yeah, compared it's the to biggest a, in the area. Well, right? I'm just saying c- compared to, like, you yeah. know, fan Ewing, viewing yeah. and, you know, that place, places like that, high school gyms just give you so much yeah. more. Well, I go back to when the state championships were at, at ULM, and it was fantastic, the size of the crowds. Well, actually, they ended up having to turn people away at Fan Ewing on a couple of those nights. And the LHSA, of course, was like, this is wrong. We're losing money. We're turning people away. And on the flip side, I was just like, well, you're still filling this place up. And it is a must-have ticket to get in here. And then they go back to, you know, well, look at the Cajun Dome. We wouldn't have that issue there. Yeah, that that too. And and I remember going down to, you know, when you go to the Cajun Dome for, for, for the championships, it was cool, but it was also like it's that place is so big, yeah. you lose the noise a little bit. But the way that they did it with the introductions and, of course, the spotlight, cool. it felt like a state championship atmosphere. It did. Yeah, yeah the, the, with the all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Presentation was great, hmm. no doubt. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price. For how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. You have got to see our huge inventory of single wise starting at $26,995. That includes delivery, setup, and central air up to 150 miles. Help us celebrate 40 years in business. That's at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City and Shreveport. If your gas gauge doesn't work, you might run out. 
If your speedometer doesn't work, you might get a ticket. Don't risk either one happening to you. If the gauges in your car don't work, call or come by Dash Solutions in West Monroe. They can fix anything that's broken, and most repairs are done in less than an hour. The solution to broken gauges is Dash Solutions. I-20 at 5th Street in West Monroe. 355-8595. 355-8595. Even if you're a big-time basketball fan, there might be a few facts about the game you don't know. Like, did you know the first hoops were actually peach baskets? Or that a warm basketball is bouncier than a cold one? Or that players can run as much as four miles during a game? Well, here's another fact that you might not know. It's actually really helpful when you buy a car. True Car also helps you get used cars. That's right, True Car isn't just for buying new cars. Don't get me wrong, they're great for that. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So you know if you're getting a good deal before you even buy the car. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Talking about the fairness of the high school brackets and if they are fair, fill up with a point here. You know, Washita is the number two seed. They get rewarded by having to go on the road to take on West Monroe. Don't get me started on that. That's my biggest pet peeve with, with the way these brackets are set up. And I know, you know, I've had conversations with, with a lot of coaches about it. So once you get to the quarterfinals, it's a higher seed no matter what gets to be at right. home. So why not just make it all the way through? I, and that's my argument, too. I think you should be rewarded and, and be able to, to host games. But then, you know, I've had – People argue with me saying, well, then the same teams will get to have the concessions over and over and over. And then my reply always is, well, that should give you extra incentive to get to that top 16. So you get the nachos. Yeah, that's good. Get the nachos. <laughs> get the nachos money. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think it should be that way. And then, you know, you've got coaches like like we had Kyle Hill on last week where, you know, he'll, he'll continuously say, we don't care. We'll play anybody anywhere. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, in my opinion, I think it's it's fair to, to have the higher seeds always play at home. Mm. But that's just the way it's structured. Uh, another text here. Split is not the problem. Need to reduce the number of classes. B and C should be combined. Should be only three divisions in select. Make four classes in non-select. It makes sense. But now you got all these coaches, of course. They're making history and uh-huh. taking their teams to farther than uh-huh. they ever been. And, of course, now they get to pad their resume. And it looks good. Hey, I made it to the uh, – state semifinals or I won a championship even though there was 12 classifications I actually like that idea I I don't know if I like that version specifically but I like the idea of trying to condense in a bit you can still keep the split but try to make less let's try to have less state championships because the way it's set up to have a team be able to go all the way to the semis without playing a game and that's just that's that's not right something's broken here we need to fix that when you're beating seven other teams for a state championship, it's exactly. just like a large district. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just not – and really, you just have to win two games. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm not trying to, to hate on any particular school. That's, I mean, heck, take, take advantage of that, win it, and be proud of it. But I just think the LHSA needs to fix that on their end. And Tabor, being a big Simsboro fan, John, you actually say yes, BNC should yes, be Yes, yes, combine B and C, please. <laughs> I've been you know, begging so for from since the split. <laughs> well, there's just – and Coach Jack said if there's just something about knowing you didn't win five games for a state championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Simsboro, the number one seed, had a bye in the first round. And that's like uh, – I can't remember. We have so many coaches on here. Uh, we have one coach on here recently that said – there's just something about wanting to play. It might have been Micah for, for Natchez Central saying it, 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 it's, it's just something about knowing that you're the state champion when you played the best of the best. Mm. B- being against the split, saying that, you know, let's combine it and, and, and let's know that, hey, we are the best team, the best largest score, the best small school. Um, 
and and I agree with that too. But I think the split can work if you tweak it, because I think so many people like the split. I don't I don't see us going, you know, going back to the way it used to be. Um, but just it needs some tweaks and, and need need to work on that. I just look at five A, and we talked about Javante Smart and what kind of player he is with Scotlandville. And how much I look forward to perhaps seeing a matchup with him against one of our local schools, and that will not happen. Yeah. So now we're going to uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him down at the state championships, but it will not be against one of our teams. No, it, it won't. And that's that's unfortunate. You know, I, I would have loved to have seen that. Would have loved to have seen how, you know, Washita or, or West Monroe or, you know, mm. see how they could have combated that because, mm. I mean, he's – I think everybody will – you know, admit that he's the best player in the state. And so, you know, that would have been fun to see. 888-993-7762, getting a number of texts on this uh, subject. Ken says, I agree 100% with everything uh, Coach Jack said this morning. Uh, also not a fan of the split. Hmm. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, the voice of the Warhawks, uh, Nick White, joins us. Exciting times for you on my athletics right now. Basketball team playing extremely well. Look forward to a homestand coming up. Plus a baseball team. How about the fact that they're off to a 6-1 and one start? They're halfway through their win total of last year, and they've only played seven games this season. Let that sink in. <laughs> awesome start. Nick joins us after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the Road Car King. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King. Are you ready to sell your homeland or commercial property? Then call Cowell Banker Group One Realty. Your listings own hundreds of the best websites in the country. A video tour of most listings. The number one most visited real estate brand online. 73% more transactions than our nearest competitor over the past 10 years. 110 professional realtors cover 17 parishes. We advertise in local media too. Call Cowell Banker Group One Realty in Monroe 3610300. West Monroe 362-0007. Buston 255-5302. Each office independently owned and operated. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. You want new window tinting for your car and you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful, damaging UV rays, all at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. We always look forward to catching up with the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, on Monday mornings around 8.30. What up, bud? Good morning, guys. How's it going? That's going well. Uh, where would you like to start? I just mentioned that these are exciting times for uh, ULM Athletics, considering how well men's basketball team has been playing over the course of the last three weeks and of course the baseball team off to just an incredible start yeah don't forget beach volleyball is cranked up as well I'm sure everybody gets to know about that also so uh mm-hmm. you know what a what a time right now it is it's a it's a good time and uh you know hopefully uh like Tabor was talking about like Tabor was talking about it's uh with me just a moment ago it's just good to see uh you know, some things, some positive things going on. And, uh, you know, here we go. Uh, last week of the regular season and, uh, getting ready to head to, uh, to New Orleans next week. Hopefully, uh, on the men's side, they won't, uh, hopefully they'll be able to win out. They do need a little, they need to win out and they need some help. Uh, they did not get a whole lot of help Saturday. 
uh, on the, the the side of trying to help them, you know, get that by. They weren't going to lock anything up uh, with yeah. that loss, but uh, they certainly needed, uh, you know, some uh, needed, you know, uh, Texas Arlington to lose. Uh, that would have helped them out. They needed Georgia Southern to lose. Uh, they needed Appalachian State to lose. Uh, they didn't get any of that on Saturday. But uh, hey, you know, they're they're in a good spot. Uh, with with two games left, coming back home and uh, got a split on the road. That's that's really you know, whenever you start looking at that things, it's kind of kind of full. I mean, Georgia State went on the road and, and got a split. I mean, it's just tough to win games on the road. Um, and, you know, ULL had a five point win against Troy on, on Thursday. So come out with a split, come home against uh, Little Rock and then Arkansas State, and hopefully uh, you're not playing this ball game until Friday. Uh, I'm looking at the box score here of the game between uh, Troy, 73-67 loss. Unfortunately, I didn't get to hear a majority of your broadcast. But uh, Munnings, I guess, was in foul troubles. He did end up with uh, a big night with uh, points with 26. But overall, was that one of the issues that ULM had in this game? Yeah, I, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a difference in the ball game. Whenever you look at, uh, he picked up the fourth foul. He picked up his third and fourth foul. Um, were, were awfully, um, let's just say I was very skeptical about the call. Uh, we'll just, yeah. we'll just leave it at that. And I can, I can be a little more, a little more vocal about it than maybe, um, other people can. But, um, the fourth hour is really bad. I mean, he wasn't even, I don't know if they call it. It should have been on Sam Alabacus. Alabacus is the one that got him, um, that, that got, I can't remember who it was that was that was shooting in that situation. Might, might have been Bernardo. It was very good for Troy. But, I mean, Munnings, was, was, was he in the vicinity? Yes. Should he have been called for the foul? No. Um, but, you know, it happened, and that's what happens. That, that's, why, that's why whenever you hear us talk about going and winning games on the road, you don't get those calls. You don't get those things to happen for you most of the time whenever you're on the road. So, uh, he picked up his fourth foul. Uh, coach had to. He picked up his third foul with about two and a half minutes to go in the first half, so he didn't play the, the end of the first half. Picked up his fourth foul at around the the twelve to ten minute mark, and, and finally, you know, coach had to make a decision. You know, I got I got to put him back in there, and uh, he did around the six minute mark of the game, and um, they had their chances. But uh, the shots weren't going down. It, it was kind of indicative. Whenever you know it's not your night, uh, whenever their guy, uh, B.J. Miller, who hadn't uh, hit but just one shot all day, shot clock's winding down uh, as it expires. He heaves one up from 25 feet, falling backwards, uh, falling backwards, fadeaway, 25-foot three-pointer, and he banks it in. And so <laughs> whenever that happens, you kind of that, that was with about a minute 25 left. You kind of just sit there and say, it's not your day. It's not going to be your day. And um, yet the Warhawks forced a turnover down four with about 25 seconds to go in that game. They couldn't get a shot to go down on that, that possession. And, um, you know, they lost. They lost by six. Uh, only only shot 20% from three-point range in the ball game. That happens. But now uh, Coach was very upbeat after the game. I think everybody was, you know, as upbeat as you can be, you know, after a loss, which they certainly wanted to win the game. But they got a lot in front of you. You got two games at home to close out the year, and uh, you're still still fighting for a top four seed, which would be huge uh, for this team that uh, obviously plays a uh, seven man rotation. Uh, so to be able to, to not uh, have to play that extra game would be huge for them. Yeah, and on paper, you look at the stretch, the gauntlet that they just went through, and you would think on paper the fact that they're coming back home and you're playing two of the teams that are, of course, at the bottom of the standings in Arkansas State and Little Rock, it certainly uh, should be a little bit easier for the Hawks. Yeah, it should be, but I wouldn't take it, I wouldn't, you know, there's nothing assumed in this league right now because those two teams actually beat the Warhawks in the first two games of the conference season. So, um, you know, those are games that, that, that probably feel like they should have had back, and this is a different team than, than whenever they played those at, at the turn of the new year, but nonetheless... Um, you know, they did beat them. And so uh, you, you need to handle your, you know, if, you, if you're going to have a first-round bye, then you need to win these games. I mean, that's do you, you really deserve it if you can't beat the, the number 11 and number 12 team in there? Now, if they're going to fight, you know, the, those guys, uh, they, they want to 
they want to close out on a good note as well, Arkansas State and Little Rock. And so um, I expect, hopefully, you know, a good crowd. Hopefully, you know, people, you know, they get the word out about, you know, we do have two basketball games here this week and um, do the things that need to be due on, on that side because I think the basketball team, uh, Aaron, has done their part on the floor to deserve uh, the efforts that need to be made to try to get uh, people out there in the stands this weekend. We understand you were busy with your basketball obligations, but you're keeping close tabs on what the baseball team was doing. What do you make of this start by Michael Federico, the fact they've stormed out to a 6-1 and one start? It's amazing. Uh, it really is. And, um, you know, as I was saying, you know, with Tabor before as well, they haven't been playing the 1927 Yankees, but um, I don't care. I mean, this team is – has, has certainly come out, and one, they, they've worked hard to be able to play these games, but Mother Nature has not cooperated with them at all. Um, they've worked the tw- tails off to get the field ready, the coaching staff and the players, to get that thing playable. I mean, whenever I saw the forecast, I didn't think there was any way they would play one game this weekend, much less three. And uh, obviously, uh, as I understand, it was a pretty pretty soupy mess in the outfield and a uh, good call to bag that thing. Uh, yesterday as the rain was uh, was pretty significant in what happened. Uh, at least the storm I drove through whenever I crossed into Louisiana coming back from Troy on uh, Sunday morning at about 1 a.m. Um, yeah, I, I, that field couldn't have taken any more water. But, uh, I mean, think about this. They're at they're two weekends in. They're seven games in, and they've already got half the wins they had last year. Let that sink in for a moment. They've got half the wins that they had last year two weekends in now they got jackson state tomorrow uh then they got you know a long trip themselves up to carbondale uh, to take on southern illinois um and then you know next week uh they have louisiana tech and then they have uh at stephen f austin and then you're in you're into uh, conference play against uh, top 15 ranked south alabama so um, this is a good time for them to figure some things out, get their pitching figured out, get their hit. The hitting has, has been fig- figured out pretty good. Um, Braden Barrett going for the cycle on Saturday. How about that? Kate Harper getting a dinger. Chad Bell getting a home run. Peyton Lacoste, third baseman, has been tearing the cover off the ball. So um, they're doing some good things there at the plate. And um, coming around on the pitching side and, you know, I think it's just exciting times for this team to be able to uh, get out there and uh, try to continue to uh, show that they're better than, than what what they uh, what they were predicted to be, and uh, and obviously uh, turn this thing into something this year in Coach Bed's first year. To quote Ty Berry, I mean, even if you're playing the North Monroe All Stars, the fact that you can score 43 runs in a three game series is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, you're still facing Division One pitching. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I mean. Who, who you're going against, and uh, they've had, you know, that, there's a lot that goes into that as well. They were patient at the plate. They, they, you know, they got hit. They drew walks. I mean, they they didn't just go up there and hack at the first thing they saw. Here's an example. All right, let, let, me, let me spotlight this one kid. He's a local kid. He's, he's worked very, very hard, and I believe he is the leader of this team, although he's not out there on the field. But you got a guy like Will Daniels, okay? Who, let's just say, his career is not gone the way that he probably would have anticipated whenever he signed with ULM, uh, what, four years ago out of St. Frederick. And a great kid, uh, unbelievable football player, really good baseball player as well. But things haven't gone well for him. And he's not starting right now, but he's still the captain and the leader of this team. And he's been just exemplary off the field with these guys. And and here's a guy who's gotten three opportunities at the plate. And he's not going to get a lot of opportunities at the plate. You know, it doesn't seem like this year. But he, he very well could go up there if he was a selfish player. And I'll give Northwestern State an example. He gets in that bat against Northwestern State. And he gets up there and, and maybe he hacks at the first two and tries to crank one out and proves, hey, you know, I got I got a little power too, Coach. No, his three at-bats have been a walk. He's been hit by a pitch. And then he's gotten a hit. Uh, that happened uh, later in the series. And um, that's just kind of some of the differences you see um, where in the past there might have been uh, some guys that, that very rarely get out there and they would say, the heck with it, I'm going to go get my cuts. And, uh, you know, they, they've kind of put a team you know, mindset in there to, to try to flip this program. And I think uh, that's just one of many examples of, of the differences you see with this, this ULM baseball team. Mm. 
The one thing we, of course, talked to Coach Federico about was the opportunity, of course, to get off to a fast start, and they have capitalized on it. It's one thing to have the opportunity. It's another thing to actually come through and deliver with some wins early on, and you would think hopefully it will continue this week, especially early on against Jackson State, before also continuing on the road. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, don't know a lot about Jackson State. I'm not calling that game tomorrow. Uh, there'll be no broadcast for that one uh, over there or this weekend uh, due to basketball uh, conflicts. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the table is set for them to go and, and have another good week and um, and then, you know, try to try to capitalize that into the following week. But uh, they're, they're, not, they're not letting it go to their heads. I can tell you that much. They've had a lot more to – to worry about just with, with you know field and, and weather and that that field needs a little rest I can tell you just from the the rain and all that that's going on but um, you know it's just been refreshing uh, to see and, and to, to see the feedback I thought a little magic in there and I think you were out there Tuesday night I thought a little little bit more of the buzz was back out there at Warhawk Field it wasn't like it was it wasn't like it used to be but I think you could feel it kind of brewing a little bit out there you had over a thousand at the game and, and there was a little more buzz out there and I think if they I think you'll see that come back uh as through the course of the year and as the weather gets better but uh it was just nice to see because uh that, that buzz hasn't been there in quite a few years and that's the one thing uh people around here love baseball and of course what Warhawk Field offers uh, down the baselines and then of course uh, just the opportunities to see a game I think they will come back especially when they start winning and the weather improves I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, they, they won't have a whole lot at home um, until they, they have the midweek against Louisiana Tech next Wednesday. And, you know, it just falls at a bad time because that is conference tournament week. And, um, you know, you wonder, you know, and, and, and I don't think a lot of people, are, you know, depending if the Warhawks play on that Wednesday on basketball versus uh, having the bye, then maybe you'd have, you know, obviously have more administration and people there to be able to, what should be a good crowd. Hopefully the weather will hold off. But, um, you know, uh, nonetheless, uh, you have that, and then you got another break until you come back uh, for, I believe, nearly the last weekend in March uh, for your conference uh, home opener. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's been nice for them to have seven uh, at home. It should have been eight, but weather didn't cooperate, and now they'll see if they can um, just continue to, to move on and take advantage of it. Appreciate it, Nick. All right, guys, let me just mention we got a lot going on. Doubleheader Thursday, uh, Little Rock in town. Doubleheader Saturday, uh, Arkansas State, uh, 318-342-HAWK, ULMWarhawks.com. Women will tip at 5, men will go uh, right after that. Uh, if you want to watch some hoops, uh, affordable tickets are available. We hope folks will get out to FAMU and create an atmosphere for this team as they try to surge at the right time and get a first-round buy. Well done. Appreciate the time, bud. Thank you, guys. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, if you into these box scores, uh, Game Three of uh, Northern Kentucky uh, reported attendance 9:47, and then uh, the doubleheader on Friday, the last box score had a 9:25 as the attendance for ULM. I'm into box scores. Right. Uh, now, and listen, the the weather wasn't great either. I think that had something to do with this. I did sense a difference uh, on Tuesday, and uh, you, how much can you read into it? Just the way a dugout responds and how much they're into the game, they were into it. And, you know, maybe it's just because I'm going back to last year. Right. And, and, I mean, when you're in the midst of a 12-win season, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of cheerleaders in the dugout. Sure. And, listen, it, it's the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like, I want, I, I want to praise ULM, but I don't want us to get carried away yeah. either. Yeah. It's I the mean, we don't know anything about Northern Kentucky. I mean, I exactly. looked it up. They projected to finish fourth in the horizon. They had a guy that was drafted last year like in the 35th round. But besides that, I mean, what do I know about the Norrs? Exactly. And I want to see if they can maintain that that positive energy after they face adversity. Like, that's what I want to see. You're 6-1. and one. Yeah, 6-1. and one. Great start. Let's take a timeout coming up after the break. Parting shots. Hey, folks, this is Jody Wood with Wood Marine. If you missed us at the boat show, the time is now to get incredible deals on Phoenix fast boats, low fishing boats, and pontoons, all powered by Mercury Motors. Past and present military and their immediate family will also receive additional discounts up to $1,250 on low boats. 2018 models are on the floor, and only a couple 2017 models remain at blowout prices. If your boat needs a tune-up, stop by our 6,000-square-foot service department. We'll have you back on the water in no time. Come see us in Ruston or follow us on Facebook for these great deals. 
Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Hit us up, 888-993-7762. We end with parting shots. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my gosh. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. So that's a combination of best and worst calls in one party shot, sure correct? Is. yeah. What are we doing this week on Top Ten? Picks? Best calls, brother. Oh, we're gonna get our mojo back this week. Oh, Best that's gonna calls. be hard. It's man. gonna be difficult, but it's gonna be fun. Right. Be Al fun Michaels, debate. do you believe in miracles? Oh, that's gonna be tough to beat. Uh, I, I thought you were gonna say that's not in your top ten. No, definitely, it's uh, it's top three. Mm. It has to be top three. Mm. Um, man, Jim Henderson, Saints call, Super Bowl call, or the NFC Championship call. Look. Uh oh. See now, now Jake's in trouble. The problem is, like, like I, like I said for the other ones yeah. in the past, you try to be unbiased with it, right? Like uh-huh. you're trying to. It's a subjective list, yes. Yeah. And it's hard to put away your feelings for for the Saints, and yeah. but, but but still, you got to be a little, unless yeah. it's like absolutely. I don't know. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a yeah. good debate because I know you're gonna include it, and I might not include it. Uh, Nitz's call, Alabama versus Louisiana Tech. So you're going full local with uh, I'm just throwing some out there. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for local ones to crack it. Oh. There's just so many legendary calls, man. Oh. Give us another one that you think is going to be on the list. I that Auburn call right there? Pick six, yeah. Right. That's that's going to be in there. Mm. Let's just do best calls. Let's not, let's not just do radio because I hate looking and saying, well, is that radio or TV? Let's just well, the radio calls. calls are always going to be better than the TV calls. That's not necessarily – that's not necessarily true. All right, give me a TV call. Was was Miracle Radio? Uh, that's true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody was standing by uh, right. the radio listening. That was a tape-delayed broadcast, by the way. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right, parting shot time. So I got to talk about Ronda Rousey in the WWE last night. She got physical for the first time. You don't know anything about this. You don't care. So it was I'm on the front page of uh, ESPN.com. Yeah. I'll, all right. So anything she does is big news. But I'm going to get Tabor in here. We're going to discuss If it. she didn't get physical, would it be more news? Would it be more news? Yeah, well. It shouldn't be. But, I mean, she'll prob- she'd probably still be news. Right. So I'll probably still be on there. All right. Let me preface this by first saying I don't like Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. I've Ooh. rooted against her in, like, every fight that she's had. I just don't like her as a person. Like, I, I just – it's hard for me to root for her. Now, reason why is, and I think you got to see it more when she lost, 
um, it's hard to connect with her because after her losses, she wouldn't face the media. She wouldn't answer questions. We've seen countless times where stars, Conor McGregor, who's a bigger star than her, when he lost to Nate Diaz, he faced the music. He answered questions. I can't stand when, when athletes lose and they just disappear and, like, they can't answer any questions. And still to this day, she doesn't want to talk about the Holly Holm loss. Mm. Still to this day. All right, so I've never really liked her. So they brought her in last night. And the way I think you can you can book her correctly in professional wrestling is make her this savage. Like, she comes out. She doesn't smile. She's just ruthless, and she just throws people and beats people in 30 seconds. Ultimate kinda, heel. Kinda, ultimate heel, kind of like how she did in MMA. I mean, a lot, most of her fights ended in the first round. So you, I think you can do the same. You could, If you booked it the same way, I think it could work. Now, what they had last night was she came out smiling, and then she got on the mic and cut this baby face promo, and I was cringing. It was awful. Now, I will say they kind of salvaged the, the, the whole segment by, you know, ultimately, you know, Triple H and Stephanie turned on her and said stuff behind her back, which angered her. And she threw Triple H through the table, you know, professional wrestling. And then Stephanie slaps her. And then she gives that look that we've seen in MMA for all these years where it's just that death stare. And she stayed that way. And, you know, Stephanie runs away. If she can stay in that character, if she can never smile again and never cut a baby face promo again, I think it can work. But for me, I was cringing for most of this segment. So I want to ask Tabor. I know Tabor, Tabor loves MMA and professional wrestling like I do. Tabor, did it work for you? Yes, it worked for me. You, know, you said she got physical. and Within the compass of professional wrestling and the storyline, the fact that the person that she did slam through a table was the COO of the company. See, that was the only cool part. I mean, it was, it and, was and decent. Th that kind of came out of nowhere as well. That was it well did. done. But the only thing, I mean, it was that was fine. What I liked was her death stare at the end because it was, it reminded me of the MMA Rousey that a lot of people feared. Aaron is shaking his head because – I can't was, believe we're even having this conversation. Why? So Jake and She's Tabor are telling – Scripted WWE officials how to script Rousey. Well, that's what yes. wrestling fans do here. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> they, right. they, they can all book better than the professionals. <laughs> Look, because, Aaron. You guys can be better storytellers than them. Uh, well, well. In, some, in, some, in some ways. <laughs> that's kind of the in point of it. <laughs> Here's the deal. With Rousey, she's not likable. They did the same thing with I think Floyd they're trying Mayweather. to humanize her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it, why? Just make her this ruthless savage, and then you'll get headlines still, and it'll be believable because she did it in action. You want to know? You want to know why, Jake? Because why if they bring her in and humanize her and, and get the little girls ages six to twelve to Money. buy in, that sells merchandise. It is, it is, but it's not working for me. Her little promos, her little smile—it's a cringe fest. Well, it's working for them. You're talking about it. I am talking about yes. it, and you're watching. Yeah, but it's kind of like I'll watch no matter what at this point. It's You'd watch that over the Winter Olympics. Yes. That's un-American. entertaining. Is it I don't really think that's un-American. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most American thing you can do, honestly. Oh, quite frankly, I can't be. I think professional <laughs> wrestling's a little more popular in the U.S. than ski Ooh. jump. <laughs> I yes. think so. Just a little bit. Uh, what do we got going on tomorrow? Oh. Uh, uh, Gus Kattengill will join us for his weekly Gus will join us. we got to preview that huge playoff matchup between Washita and West Monroe. And Eric Conkle will join us for his weekly visit as the dogs will try to get back on track this week. Uh, the Edge is coming up next. Everybody have a fantastic day. See ya. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.